Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is bonus episode number 21. On this episode, I've got an incredible conversation with Millie of the band Our House. If you guys aren't familiar with them, uh, you're going to be, because they're really going to fucking blow up. Um, had a great time talking with him. Huge shout out to him. Super dope dude. Um, and we're likely going to have a Musicians for Mental Health podcast with him as well. But um, yeah, the Our House uh, era is starting is the best way to put it. Uh, had a great time talking with Millie. We talked about kind of the formation of the band, being from Louisiana, seeing a lot of those influences uh in one sense, but also kind of going against the grain of what they were raised around or, you know, what was available in the music scene down there. Um, And then we started talking about the new album, the debut album that's going to be live as this episode is live called Gold Tooth Guru. It's dropping on November 10th via UNFD, so if you're hearing this podcast, it's already out. Go fucking check it out. Um, Yeah, we talked a lot about that. We talked about the evolution of music, the evolution of their sound to some degree, but like really being able to formulate this project to where they're not trapped in a box. Um, It's just this really, really fucking fun conversation. We had a great time, both of us. A lot of laughs, a lot of fun. Um, And yeah, I think you guys are going to enjoy it. They definitely need to be on your radar, especially if you're a fan of artists on UNFD's label. Um, Anything on the alternative heavy music metal side of the spectrum, this is going to be a band for you to check out. So... Let's dive in. This is my conversation with Millie of the band Our House. Uh, so to kick things off, I do start with the same boring ass question every single time. Simple introduction, man. Who are you? Little background on yourself and the band. Well, uh, nice to meet you, man. My name's Millie. I'm the front man of Our House. And uh, we're from down here in Louisiana, kind of spaced out in different parts. But, uh, you know, we use New Orleans as our central hub. Awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the genre, right? Like, I use genre with such a loose basis for anyone anyway. But, like, you guys really are in this kind of very unique space, right? Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's a little bit of new metal. It's a little bit of trap core. It's, it's everything. What was it like? developing this sound was it a intentional thing or was it just like this is what we fucking love and we're gonna make it work that that's literally it like our house is basically like the sound in the band that we've been like waiting for somebody to tackle and somebody to do but either the you know situations or the right members weren't in the band um you know, we just felt like no one had really hit the mark yet. So when Nico reached out to to start this, I was like, man, we got to just take the biggest risk possible and let's just combine, you know, not so that combine everything we listen to. So that way, you know, it's impossible to get boxed in. You know, if we feel like doing a, a Neo Soul chill song, we can do it. Or, you know, if we want to do something more heavy, we can do that too. 
And, you know, with this album, we just wanted to make sure that we displayed that early on. So that way, whenever we did start, you know, maybe down the line, we do something that's a little bit different than what our norm is. Our fans won't be abrasive to it. They'll be like, oh, that's just what they do. <laughs> right. Well, that that's the thing that, you know, like, I've been doing music journalism for almost 20 years now. And, you know, 20 years ago, when you said, oh, this band is metal, everybody knew, okay, I know what that band's going to sound like. Yeah, there's I know no way to easy. fucking do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, like metal has become, I feel, just like, just kind of like in the same sense as rap. I feel like the genres have become like a middle finger to their predecessors and yeah. the people that came before. Like, they're just like, man, I'm just going to do whatever I want and remix this formula, however. And, you know, at this point, you know, metal is anything that gets slightly heavy now. And I think that's dope. I think that's really what the genre needs. You know, the yeah. people who came before, I feel like they've made the great metal. They've, you know, made everybody who they are and laid those roots. But at this point, I feel like just like with the new metal revival that's coming, I feel like it's almost that same place that we were at in the 90s where, you know, a lot of our parents was either like you was either the cool guys who was who was going with the new shit or you was like nah man it's fucking metallica and black sabbath that's it <laughs> bro i i grew up listening to a local radio station here called q95 it was classic rock it was what my dad listened to you know and that that's exactly it growing up it was fucking metallica led zeppelin Hell Leonard yeah. Skinner, you know, the whole nine. And like when I started cutting my own musical teeth on like everybody, right? Teenage years, you start going, why am I listening to the same shit as my parents? I want to listen to Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started doing that and like the whole fucking world opened up. And I think it's so cool because you're right, like, especially the metal alternative, whatever the fuck space we're gonna call it, has has blossomed into this like beautiful tapestry of of art where what one side of it is going to be your traditional metal progression metal riffs oh, yeah. you're sticking to and the core right you do need it yeah for sure but then you, you flip that coin over and you just go well why is that guy fucking rapping why is this got a, <laughs> a trap beat here like what the fuck just happened? Why is there jazz right here? What's, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, you know, the, especially in this alternative space, the beautiful thing about the fans is, to your point from earlier, they're not so resistant anymore. Yeah. The, the alternative and, and metal scene, it, it feels like, I mean, hell, I go to, to shows all the time, right? What's the house music at a metal show? It's fucking Backstreet Boys and shit. Like, <laughs> We don't care if it sounds good. We listen to it. Yeah, if, if it's if it's nice, we're listening to it. If it's a good vibe and it's good, it's a good song. Hey, throw it on. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about the Louisiana music scene because I'm not super familiar with you guys down there. Um, I imagine it's it's a really weird, diverse scene, right? Oh, yes. Like. Oh, you've, got, yeah. <laughs> you've got a lot of that traditional stuff. You've got a lot of the quote unquote Cajun inspired oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> jazz and shit like that. And then there's pockets like you guys where it's fuck the system. We're going to do what we want. 100%. What was it like developing in that kind of space for you? 
So I feel like us being from Louisiana, as crazy as it is, is the whole sole reason our house was like able to exist. Because down here, the same people, you know, that are listening to to sludge death metal and black and death metal, people that are just listening to just grunge metal in general down here. Cause you know, bands like I Hate God rain down here. And people and people always flock to that. And that is truly like the Louisiana scene. Like that's that's truly what I feel like our sound is. But on the flip side, everybody down here listens to rap. Everybody down here listens to like country and pop and it's so diverse because everybody is passing through all the time. There's always a lot of tourists. There's always a lot of, you know, just musical things going on. So nobody has like a sense of, oh, well, just because this is a band, I'm not going to listen to it because I, I like rap or, right. you know, oh, I'm not going to not listen to rap just because I, I listen to mainly a lot of metal. I mean, you could go to a metal show down here and Boosie could be played at the <laughs> right. venue while they're transitioning. Like, you just never know. And I feel like that, us growing up and also, you know, just you have so many types of friends. You know, you're going to you're going to be friends with the hipster guy. You're going to be friends with, you know, every walk of life that's listening to all these types of music. So you grow kind of like an openness to it and with our house we kind of we take influence from everything you know we can listen to bruno mars and be like you know we we might be able to make a bruno mars song right now and then on the flip side i might be listening to to, to the grave reflections you know chelsea grin something like that and i might just be like like the song swarm i'm like you know what <laughs> hey let's let's go ahead and make something <laughs> piss heavy real quick <laughs> yeah and you know that's just how we operate, you know, we have our songs where maybe that day in the studio, I was listening to a lot more rap and we were like, hey, let's just make a rap song. And and that's just kind of how it goes. We we try to stay as open as possible and remind ourselves that just because we use guitars doesn't mean we have to make metal music. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of those things where it's that misconception of of artistry, I guess, is the best way to put it, where people see, like, if people were to see a promo photo of you guys, they're immediately going to assume, oh, I know what they sound like. Yeah, no, yeah. you fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's the big thing, like, and some people also, when they, like, for a lot of the, they're like, man, like, what kind of music are they making? <laughs> like, what is this image? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that's that's the awesome thing. And I think, you know, I'll give them credit. I talk about them pretty frequently. I think Bring Me the Horizon really helped push that envelope with, like, we they were a fucking deathcore band. <laughs> yeah. Like, People don't remember Pray for Plagues, bro. <laughs> right. But, you know, you go back, you listen to Pray for Plagues, anything in that first, like, five years of them being a band. And then grab anything out of the last ten. It's not the same fucking band. And I, all. <laughs> I did a, a social experiment, if you will, with a group of friends, and I was literally just skipping through "Bring Me the Horizons" discography one night, literally just picking shit from different albums. And one of my buddies turned to me and he's like, "Bro, you are all over the place." And I'm like, "Nope, it's all been the same band for the last seven songs." <laughs> <laughs> 
And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, That's so crazy that you bring up Bring Me the Horizon, dog, because that was literally one of the main people that when we were formulating this, that we were like, just how Bring Me the Horizon yeah. is able to do whatever they want and still be able to be relevant and bring it to where it's like, even though it's not what it was, you're like, that's Bring Me the Horizon. You know, like, you know it is. And yeah. we were like, how can we also formulate a soundscape that no matter what we do, they're going to know, like, that's our house. And, yeah. you know, I just think it's wild that you said that because I'm just like, look, <laughs> that's how I know we we did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I think it, it it is one of those things, you know, over the last however long week or so that Shane put you on my radar. Like, I've been skipping through your discography, listening to a bunch of different stuff. And I'm like, you know, it is all over the place in some senses, but like for the people that sit and listen to the music, it's definitely still you guys in every yeah. single song. Hundred percent, bro. It's just it just gets a little bit more elevated and a little bit more uh, confident, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, let's dive in a little bit to you guys just announced the new album, Gold Tooth Guru, coming out November tenth. I'll do my best. I think this episode is going to go live the same day as it drops. So um, oh, well, it'll yeah. either yeah, <laughs> it'll either be out the same day or the album will already be out when this goes live. But I'm going to try to get them on the same day. Um, <laughs> but talk a little bit about developing this album, especially through the pandemic and trying to figure out what life was going to look like for you guys coming through a pandemic as a young, fresh band trying to make it. So. I think one thing that I think helped was that I was, I am really close with the rap scene and I was, you know, I have a lot of homies that were from that SoundCloud era that were able to find success and get on majors and really, and really elevate off of nothing. And I was like, man, they did this off the internet. I was like, they didn't have to go do shows. I was like, I literally, there's a guy that's, you know, from our city that that I'm, you know, that I know his name's Twin Uzis. And I'm telling you, this dude literally was recording songs in his bedroom and putting them on SoundCloud. And he didn't do his first show until I mean he's on a major label that's selling out. And I'm like, you know, we don't have to take the original band approach of, okay, we gotta hit the road, we gotta do a bunch of shows. That's the only way we're gonna get fans. I was like, dude, let's just work the internet. And yeah. so we were like, okay, let's do that. And I think that that us doing that first and focusing on just getting the brand everywhere to where even if you didn't know who we, we, we were, you were like, no, I've heard of them. I've seen their name somewhere. I haven't listened to them, but I definitely know of them. We were, I was like, we can do that. And then we can worry about a label and shows. I was like, let's just focus on doing this like this. And, and making an image, and, or not even making the image, but just creating the brand itself. How do we want to market this? How do we want to, you know, merch it out? And, you know, it was developing that soundscape of, we were writing, you know, I, you know, we dropped our first song, Rico, I can't, you know, right after the pandemic, like 2021. Yeah, and 20, uh, uh, August of 2021 is according to spotify anyway that's that's the <laughs> that is the day <laughs> we we had made our instagram you know probably just a couple weeks prior to this and we were like all right 
we got the songs and and mind you everything that y'all hear like Rico all of that we wrote that in studio no demo in two in a week and then the album go to guru that was completely written no demos in two and a half weeks and <laughs> <laughs> It's a and bold we, move. <laughs> <laughs> and the way we, the way we are is we were just like, you know, we had wrote a bunch of riffs just to kind of hear what, we, you know, they, they had wrote a bunch of riffs in a sense of like getting their writing ready and getting the vibe ready. But we knew that with the type of music we wanted to make, we were like, we're going to have to do this in studio because you know, we go off of the vibe and the emotion and we're like, if we're not jumping up and down and we're like, yo, that was, that's the one We're we just, we're just like not satisfied. So we're like, there's no yeah. point demoing and getting a cloud in our vision. We just get in there with the producer and we're like, all right, this is what I want to do right now. Let's do it. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, you know, again, I've been doing this for 20 years and most bands, at least most of the time, are in that very structured format that you're talking about of like, okay, we're going to write instrumental, you know, stems, and then we're going to piece together yeah. lyrics after the fact. And we're just going to kind of, for not saying that it's an inauthentic way to do it, but like, we're going to manufacture the song. Whereas what, yeah. Whereas what you guys are talking about is like, that point. like, right. And what you're talking about is like going in and just being like, even if you, had the conceptual ideas of, okay, I know I want to talk about these topics, getting in there and then knowing like, I'm pissed off about this topic. Let's go be angry. Let's do this. Or, you know, this is fun. Like let's bounce, whatever. I think that's a really cool way to do it because it also translates over to the live show, right? Like now I already know what the live energy is going to be for me because that's what we did to fucking make it exactly bro see like you were you, you you're throwing everything out there that we was really hoping to hit like we wrote the record like that because we when we write and we're like how is this going to translate to as much energy as it can be on a record to like when you see it it's just explosive and you're just like yeah. what's going on <laughs> <laughs> and you know when we're we're listening to the record like like that's literally that's how we did it when we wrote it we were just like okay I know this might should go after, but this would be hype as fuck. Let's just let's just do that. And or you know, like if we're writing a sad song, we're like, what's gonna be a tearjerker moment? Like, what is yeah. after you just heard that real shit? What's gonna give you goosebumps? <laughs> well, and especially too, like you know, depending on how an artist puts together a song, whether it's we have you know the sound stems, and then I'm adding lyrics, or vice versa. Like sometimes it feels a little bit shoehorned, right? Like we force yeah. these words to fit these these chords or whatever. Exactly. But like if you get in the booth and you're, you know, pouring your soul out about, you know, whatever, and the guys are like, oh fuck, like just start riffing off of the emotion that you've got. Like now exactly. I know it fits. Exactly. Like it's that's the, like we we really like it's almost like the Lil Wayne method. The way Lil Wayne always did his songs was he never wrote anything. He would just play the beat. He he go in and say something, and then he just he listen to what he's saying. And he'd be like, "All right, that's I'm gonna keep going with that." And he'd section it off to where he just kept going with the vibe and what he felt like needed to place. 
And that's kind of the same method we use to where we're just like, whoever's vibing the most at that particular time when we start, we're like, all right, you go, you get it rolling. And then we just start bouncing off of each other. Like nobody has a set role of like, you do this, you do that. Like Maddie, you know, one of our guitarists, he might pick up Trav's bass and just be like, dude, you should do this. And Trav's just like, yeah, dude, actually, yeah, let me do that. And even our drummer, uh, Rob, like he's even picked up the guitar and he's like, look, this, this would be sick. And we're just all like that. We all are like, you know, we don't have any type of like ego. We, we take every, every suggestion, even if we can't see the vision in it. Cause like even for body bag music, the way that riff starts, we were literally, the song wasn't even going to start like that. It started a whole nother way. And then Nico ended up playing that riff. He was just sitting in the chair chilling. And we were like, yo, wouldn't it be full on big dick energy to just start the song off with that riff and just be as metal as possible <laughs> and then rap right after? And they were like, yo, let's fucking do it. <laughs> and I think that's one of those things that, you know, again, when you're when you're structured and putting the song together, like there's. I'm sure I've never went to, you know, Berkeley or anything like that. I'm sure <laughs> in musical theory classes, they teach you like, you know, certain, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like in, in the first like 20 seconds of a song, you have to do these things to hook a listener. And it's like, but why? Like, bro, right. Why? Like, yeah. Like, music let me... is all about not conforming. Why conform? Right. Why and look at a method? <laughs> especially in, in this alternative space and whatnot, but like, the thing with music is, and I've said this as long as I can fucking remember, like music is truly one of those things that has no language barrier, right? Like, yep. sure, you may not know the words to a song because it's in another language, but you know how that music makes you feel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Mocat Doma, I believe is their name. Bro, I fucking love them and I cannot <laughs> understand a word that they're saying. So like with that in mind, it's like, why do I have to structure this eight second lead in to make sure that the listeners hear? Nah, you know, like, this is this is an angry frequency. fucking song. <laughs> yeah. Like this is our fucking angry song. We're going to come in, kick the fucking door down and just start being angry. Like exactly, bro. Like I'm like, hey, like that's what when you're driving home from work and you're pissed at your boss, you're just going to be like, hey, man. Let me throw this on because this actually make me feel like a badass right now. And I'm like, if I if I see my boss, I'd slap. <laughs> right. You know, not like, that we condone slapping your boss, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we do not condone this, y'all. But you know, if you're, you know, just like Lip Biscuits break stuff and that era, like we were like, man, Bro. dude, like that music literally just had people like, like it's like you could listen to it and you're like, man, I'm really having a bad day. And yeah, he's really speaking to me right now. Right, so, right. The, you know, the number of times phone, that I wanted to grab a chainsaw and skin somebody's ass raw is... You know what I mean? Like, It's really, insane. Like, you know, you can't say it out loud, but it's like when you hear it in a song, you're like, ah, fuck, man, I'm not I'm not crazy. I'm like, someone else is having a bad day too. We're just, <laughs> yeah. we're just choosing the better option here. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, and that's one of those things. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I talk a lot about like mental health and whatnot on this podcast. I have a separate one for it as well. But like, you know, I it blows my mind. It's always the outsiders of this community, right? But 
how many people look at this community and they're like, oh, they're also fucking angry. They they're violent. <laughs> they're this, they're that, whatever. And it's like, I've said this probably a hundred times on this podcast. I have never felt safer at a show than at a fucking metal or heavy show. Hey, I swear, bro. I swear. You go to a metal show and you know it's all vibes. Like, everything's straight. You know, you could go to any other show and, bro, I feel like anything is happening at any yeah. given time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nuts. And, like, you know, I, I'm not going to throw any one person under the bus. People will make their assumptions on it. But, like, there have been shows where people have gotten very seriously hurt potentially killed um <laughs> because the artist didn't recognize what was going on and their fans didn't give a shit what was going on 100%. but then you have the flip side of it in the metal scene where we're seen as these violent people how many times has Corey taylor or the dudes from trivium or whoever stopped a fucking show and been like time out like are they okay yep. like let's help them up let's Let's stop this shit, you know? And I, and it, 100%. it doesn't happen anywhere else, you know? Mm -mm. And I think it's because people, for whatever reason, they confuse the energies. Because I'm like, at those major shows, people are so obsessed with who's on that stage that really all morale just kind of goes out the window. Like, they're just yeah. like, I want to be like this person. This person is God, you know, like, yeah, I don't care if I got to run over someone to get to it. Like, I just want to be as close as possible. And it's like, I feel like in metal, because they have pits and they have stage dives that are like a part of the culture. I feel like, you know, they understand, like, you got to look out for each other in a sense, because it's like, yeah. if not, someone definitely going to get hurt. And I feel like at those rap, you know, rap shows or really any other, you know, type of major scene right now, I feel like they just don't really understand that, like, that is now a part of y'all industry. So as a concert goer, you should just at least keep an eye out for, you know, yeah. the people that's around you. <laughs> yeah, and I honestly don't remember the band I'm, I'm thinking of for this one, but I did just see fairly recently on, like, TikTok or Instagram, there was a relatively minor incident like only a few people complained about it but an incident at a a show that was not a metal show and the people at the barricade basically were complaining about everybody pushing up against them they were pinned oh yeah oh, things yeah. like that and it's like but that that doesn't happen at a metal show like yeah we get fucking rowdy <laughs> but the frontline people like aren't they hold men <laughs> yeah they ain't pinned against the fucking barricade um <laughs> And like, I think it's, it's cool too. in in this scene and genre, like I know I've personally done it where there's people that you don't even know that are like, you can tell they're timid or. Oh yeah. Heard of the situation. Maybe they shouldn't be in the circle pit or whatever. Like I, I distinctly remember I was at an of mice and men show years ago doing photography and whatnot. And I could see these two girls and the mom is just like panicked because they are at the edge of this fucking circle pit. They're probably like 15, 16 years old, right? And <laughs> have no business being in this circle pit. And uh, she reaches out. She can't reach them. So I reach out. I grab both of them and end up like having my hands against a wall and them in this little like barricade of me because the circle <laughs> pit was fucking bananas. 
And their mom was like, thank you so much. Like I legitimately was terrified that they were going to die. Like, no, and there's always a helpful hand, like like people like you that are helpful at shows. They're everywhere at metal shows. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing I am glad about because since we do have such a heavy backing from the rap scene, uh, our shows thus far have been pretty fucking wild. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, we were glad that we have the metal people in there with the etiquette to kind of guide some of the people right. who are you know, maybe new to that type of thing, because, you know, when we did our headliner, uh, you know, a couple months back in New Orleans, it got super, super rowdy. But if you looked out, there's literally girls in the circle pit. There's girls jumping yep. off the stage. And, you know, everybody just kept saying that even though it was a really crazy night and, that you know, it was super energetic and it was, you know, probably one of the wildest things. They were like, you always made sure to in between sets, you was like, y'all good, y'all hydrating, right. y'all, y'all alive out there. And you know, I because I am a big presser on energy. So I do push a lot. But, you know, I always make sure to, you know, I'm looking at everybody. If I see that it's getting a little too crazy, you know, I'm like, you know, I start looking a little harder to make sure nobody's falling or, you right. know, nobody's getting hurt. And I always make sure to keep saying, like, if you see someone jump off the stage, you have to catch them. <laughs> Bro, for like, every song I preach that. <laughs> yeah, like, and I get it. it. It's scary, especially if it's a bigger person than you oh, jumping yeah. off a stage. Like, it, it can be intimidating. <laughs> but, like, I, and this is super rare. So don't anybody take this as, like, this is going to happen if it does happen. But like, I would much rather break my wrist trying to catch the dude than him break his fucking neck because he yeah, hit the floor. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, and th that's super, anything like that happens where you get broken bones at a fucking show or anything. But like, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, very rare. Very, very it's, rare. It, it does. It blows my mind the, the number of people that, you know, like you said, there's there's this etiquette. And I think we mentioned it earlier with just the musical space in general, but like, I think the thing with the fan base that goes out to shows in this genre as well is there are no gatekeepers. Like we understand no. you're here to love the same band that I love. Okay. Hey, let's figure you're it out. You're right know? now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, and that's, that's the thing too. Like, especially with a, a genre fusion, like you guys, where you have so many different fucking influences, like outside of this two hours at a show, We'll probably never fucking cross paths. We'll never talk to each other, whatever. But right now, we good. We're, yeah, we're fine. Like, Let's do it. That That is a, you know, the reason we chose our name, you know, is because we feel that it has like this, this call to unity to it. We're big on, at our shows, there's all types of walks of life. I mean, every type of person is under that roof. And that's what we want. We want like this to be, of where we want to be like the voice for the new gen, all the, the things that we're all living through now, the people that's coming, you know, underneath us, you know, we're just like, Hey man, like your favorite band might be against this, but like over here, we truly don't give a fuck because we're not like a lot of people who maybe had to grow maybe who grew up in the, in the suburbs and they grew up with, you know, being able to, it's cool to have opinions and this, this, and this. And it's like, we come from the bottom 
and you know we sympathize with people who maybe aren't looked at as like you know you might be a great person but because of your beliefs or your situation or anything like that you know you may get judged you may get shunned and you know we want to make sure that over here that we don't even have to say anything we don't have to put up you know any type of front or anything like that we're like hey man you hear us screaming fuck the system and fuck whoever you know fear mongers and all that we're right. like man over here we're all fam we're we're all homies and no matter what you believe outside of those doors or inside we are all here to just enjoy some music have some fun and you know everybody's gonna always have a family with our house you know what i mean yeah and i i think that's that's the beautiful thing about again this scene specifically i've been doing this for so long you know i've obviously went to concerts that are country or pop or whatever and like you don't have that same fucking community oh even with it even within, <laughs> yeah even within their fan base it's like oh you guys are the ones that are like well i only like the first three albums and you only yeah. like the new yeah. album like fuck off like who cares yeah like that those don't like mainstream fan base like even though you know, I say mainstream fan base, but I guess I just mean like people who consume music to just consume it and they don't really care about it. That fan base of people is what I feel really creates a lot of the diversity that you see, you know, in a lot of fan bases. Even like, you know, I love older new metal, but like we have to come to grips with the fact that the people who are still fans that, are, you know, the OG fans of the new metal before, you know, that that we learn from. You know, they they hate new shit. <laughs> and it, it's bananas because, like, new metal was the new shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's why it's called new metal, guys. And I'm like, how the fuck can y'all hate new ideas and ideals and these new branches of life that are coming out or becoming more prevalent and accepted? How can y'all be the first ones who are like, I fucking hate that? <laughs> I think I think it's because, and I've never fucking understood this, even before I started doing music journalism, it's especially those fans that adopt a band early, right? Those early yep. Limp Biscuit fans, Green Day fans, whoever, right? When that band starts to get popular, why the fuck do people not want them? Oh, they sold out. <laughs> you don't want your favorite band to fucking succeed? Like, what the bro, fuck it doesn't are you make talking sense, about? Bro. <laughs> Like, why are you mad that the band that you saw, you know, I'll use you guys as an example. I don't know what size rooms you guys have been playing, but, you know, let's say I saw you in a room of 100 people and I'm going to be pissed off next year when you guys are playing to 2,500 people. Like, you know, how does that like, make sense? Bro, for real, man, I actually never, ever understood that about the intro to to band you know bands lives is it's like as soon as they get steamed everybody or you know even change the sound to maybe grow a little bit people just come out the woodworks and they're like ah oh, here we go like exactly with what i feel people are doing with spirit box right now like i feel oh, like dude. people are giving them such shit and you know i don't pay attention to the internet or anything and you know, I love new spirit box. And dude, I Courtney went look at their Instagram the other day and I was like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Courtney is a fucking machine vocalist, yes. right? Like They're that so girl can bad. do everything. And people are shitting on her because she's like, 
oh, I'm not going to scream in this song. <laughs> Who fucking cares? She nailed it. Right? Like, I'm like, bro, how has, you know, I feel like how has metal people become so tunnel vision and they've been the black sheep this entire time. Right? <laughs> right? So, like, I've had that conversation. I've had a shitload of, of alternative heavy bands on here. And this is my my common conversation with them is how the fuck can a fan base that was ostracized for so goddamn long, like metal has not been on the fucking radio since Metallica, right? Like back in the 80s, early 90s, that was the peak of yeah, oh yeah. metal. And y'all are pissed because, yeah, and now y'all are pissed because metal's getting popular again what the Bro. fuck is happening like how does that make sense you know <laughs> it's i don't know man it's so so fucking bizarre um <laughs> let's talk a little bit about you've been dropping singles obviously the album's going to be uh up when this goes up so for one of my favorite questions when a band's getting ready to drop an album you're gonna hate it uh but my favorite questions is what song on the album do you think fans are going to gravitate to? And what song do you want them to gravitate to? Okay. I would have to say the song I feel they'll gravitate to first is probably going to be Swarm with Taylor. Just because we did that one as a fuck you. Because <laughs> we were just like... <laughs> let's piss off all the deathcore people who were like, because we had got placed on a deathcore playlist and they were like, this isn't fucking metal. This isn't <laughs> deathcore. Like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, bro, let's just make one song, please, that is just like so heavy and let's pull in such a heavyweight that they're like, damn, I like it. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I feel like that'll be the one because we specifically wrote that to like set the metal scene on fire. Like we were like, let's do it and let's blue balls them at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but the one that I would say that I'd probably want them to gravitate to the most is probably gonna be constricting the animal. Just because that one is a special song. That one is it means a lot. And I'm not going to lie, like, when that song was done, me and Nico literally shed a tear over that song. That is extremely personal. It's extremely real. I really hope people can really understand and grasp what's going on in that one. Uh, but, I mean, every time I listen to it, I get chills because it is it is so authentic. <laughs> See, and, and again, that's the thing with this genre of music, right? Like, this whatever, again whatever the fuck we're calling it because genres <laughs> are stupid uh, this this soundscape if you will uh authenticity is so fucking important talk a little bit about that for you like you know growing up the way that you grew up in the the areas that you grew up things like that you know it, new orleans again being as diverse as possible but let's be honest it's still kind of fucking backwards in some places. And oh yeah. Oh yeah. Has, has its challenges. So <laughs> what was it like, you know, obviously going through all that. And then like, as you start making music going, I'm, I'm going to tell this story. Like this is going to be real to me. 
So that when we started our house, um, we knew we wanted to do the, you know, we wanted to rap and we knew we wanted to genre blend. And we felt that it was the only way to truly tell our life story properly because we, I feel, and I'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying this, but oh well, <laughs> I just feel every rap metal band I've listened to aside from a handful. And it's so gimmicky to me. And as someone who for a time, I did listen to metal and I was a metal head, you know, I, I was really deep diving into the genre. For a bunch of years, I was completely into rap. I was, I was, you know, around a lot of major artists before they blew. And that was really, that's really what I know. And that, I mean, that is since, uh, you know, since I was real young, probably like 17, 18, I fully made the switch and was like, I'm just going to worry about this because metal I felt was getting way too boring. I was like, you know, it, it felt like that era where everyone wanted to sound like, what was me and of machines? I was like, oh, we're at that point where everybody wants to be the same band. So I just was like, I'm just going to not pay attention to it anymore. And I just started to, you know, deep dive into that and focus on that. And even growing up, I've grown up in the hood. I've always been close to the hood. And it's like all these rap metal bands I hear and listen to. I'm like, bro, this shit is a gimmick. Like you're doing you're doing this just because you know you can get away with it here. You know that over right. here, nobody's going to respect that or listen to it. And they're going to know that like you're just you're just trying to profit off of something that is not even your life story. And that's why it sounds so forced a lot of the times. And with us, I was like, I'm going to be so open and so just open book about it, whether the norms of what is appropriate to say and what is okay to say, I was like, I'm going to say it. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just going to lay it out there. And I was like, I'm going to truly blend to where it feels like you're listening to like Lil Baby, Rilo Rodriguez or something like that. And you're like, this is a real rapper. Like this is someone who's actually from that shit. Like you listen to it and you're like, there's no way he just came up with that. Like there's, there's no way that this is some fake thing that you listen to on a movie and you're like, okay, I'm just going to go fabricate something. Like you listen to it and you're like, yo, like this shit, it almost makes you feel, um, like, you know, at certain points, like in 95 Cutthroat, like when you're listening to that, there's there's a point to where you're just like, you stop for a moment and you're like, yo, like this dude is telling me exactly what the city is like. And I feel like I'm literally walking through his city with him right next to him. And I want it to be as visual and descriptive as possible without having to be J. Cole or Kendrick to where it's like, it's really like street poetry in a sense to where you're like, man, I'm envisioning this, I'm seeing it, but also, you know, it's so much more than just street shit. I'm like, bro, there's depression that's there. I wanted to speak on that. I'm like, just because we're lit and we have a good time and we, and we do good for ourselves doesn't mean that like there hasn't been days where I've looked in the mirror and I'm just like, I hate everything that you are. And that happens, you know what I mean? Like people go through yeah. that the anxiety that comes with growing up the way we grew up. Like for instance, every single time I hop in the car, it doesn't matter where I am or who I'm with. I'm going to check my mirrors 
every time if I'm at stoplights, I'm looking left and right the entire time. I, you know, I just have this overwhelming sense that no matter where I go, there's some type of danger nearby and yeah. I need to be on point and look around. And people don't talk about that. Like that is also a part of all that shit. Everyone thinks is cool. Here's why it's not cool. And here's what fucks you up after a while. And you're sitting there like, how the fuck do I get away from this? Like, how do I, I want nothing to do with this. And the people who I feel are in rap metal now, aside from a few, putting that out there, but <laughs> I feel that they just glorify, they're glorifying shit in a way that I'm like, I know you've never lived through this, just by the way that you're saying it and the way that you're talking about it. We talk spicy. I talk spicy, don't right. get me wrong, but it's just like, you know, when I do it, it just makes sense. And I put it on a heavy song just because I'm like, you know, that's the vibe that we're at right now. But, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was able to make the lyrics as human as possible to where it didn't feel no gimmick. It didn't feel like, okay, he's sitting down really having to think about it. Because when I write these songs, almost every song on the record, aside from Constricting, I wrote the same night that we yeah. tracked the song because... It's not anything I have to think about because I've lived through it. It's inside of me. I've I've been through the dark times. I've been through the hard times. I still, everybody, no matter, you know what I'm saying? Everybody goes through dark times and you always going to have hard situations pop up. And I just, you know, just like in Parasite where I say, I'm just reminding you, don't pull the trigger. It's things like that where I'm like, bro, I've been in situations where I feel like, damn, like this is it. Like there's... There is nothing, there's no way to come back from this. There's no way to bounce back from this. And, you know, I've surpassed everything and I've, I've gotten to a place to where I can, I know that no matter what I go through, that it's going to be all right after. And I wanted to make sure to say that on record for people who's listening to this, who's going to be like, okay, I want to use the heavy songs to drown out the bad thoughts. I wanted to make sure that we could bring it back home for them to where they were like, hey man, don't, don't keep it down. You know, let yeah. it out. It's okay to cry. You are not too gangster to cry. Everybody does it. And it's like, it's okay to just be human. And, you know, we just, we feel we accomplished it um, just because, you know, we wanted to make sure being authentic to us because this is our art. This is our music. This is our words and our stories. When people listen to this, they're going to be putting our faces to it. And we didn't grow up taught to be fake we where we grew up you can't be fake you can't be inauthentic you have to be who you are and we would never falter in our music to where we felt like okay like even you know if we're told like hey you know maybe you should do a little radio song like we don't get told stuff like that because you know they understand and everybody understands that like you can't just be like this is what i'm gonna be this is what i'm gonna make like you just have to go off of raw emotion to get the real music yeah yeah i love that and i i definitely think you know hearing that is super powerful and empowering to those that need to hear it right like i've had friends and family growing up especially they've laid off me over the, the years but um <laughs> you know growing up listening to, to emo shit or even the heavy stuff and <clears throat> why is all the music you listen to so sad or so angry and whatever and i'm like because it's the music that fucking makes me feel like i'm not alone 
And that's, that's all I needed at that point. So to hear you say all that is, is really empowering, I think, to a lot of people as well. Um, and we'll talk about a episode of Musicians for Mental Health with you later. Um, oh, yeah, let's we do can, You know, deep dive in some of that. But um, <laughs> you mentioned not being told that you have to make radio songs and stuff. Obviously, we're talking about the, the label a little bit there. Let's talk about how fucking dope UNFD is, man. They're like, fucking sick, man. <laughs> they really yeah. are. Like. They've got <laughs> such a fucking roster. They let that. their roster be who they are. 100%. They, they literally bring people in for people that don't understand like how insanely good of a rock, uh, label UNFD is. They bring in bands that they believe in and go, you do you, we'll figure out how to support you. <laughs> Bro, it's that's not, bro, not the other way head. around. That's literally how it goes. <laughs> they, they, we chose them because we had, you know, everybody trying to snag it because they were like, oh, this is the, this is the band that, that's going to be the Suicide Boys. They're going to be the next one. We have to get on this. And, you know, we could see through that with everybody. And we were like, man, like, we don't want to just become, like, you know, we want to be a band on the label that's one of the top bands, but we don't want to be this, this child of that they're just like, yo, I know already what I'm trying to see from y'all and more from y'all, and I only am going to want this from you. I was like, they're only going to want the body bag music. They're only going to want the 95 Cutthroat, and they're going to press on that. I was like, UNFD, the whole time, as they're, you know, they're listening to how we're saying everything and what we want to do. They're like, okay, so this is a lot bigger and deeper than the Malizia EP that we just heard. We understand that this could actually be something different. And they were like, do y'all have any demos? No. Do y'all have any of this? <laughs> no. And I, we were, they were literally like, okay, cool. Y'all go to the studio this day. Don't send us anything until y'all leave. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's the, the trust and like, especially in this music space, right? Like we're going to touch on a couple of the bands. I'll name drop some of the bands, right? Like, they've got fucking era banks, arcade hollow front in hearts, wake like Moths to flame. Uh, Silverstein's over there now, like Thornhill. They have mood ring. you can't forget mood rings on there. Yeah. Like fucking void of vision. Yeah, bro. They've, like fucking stack, bro. Like, just a bunch of forward-thinking bands that I know, and I mean, you can see it happening. These are the next biggest bands. These are the next oh, biggest yeah. bands in the genre. And I, you know, as I'm seeing all these bands and, and listening to them as we're making our decision, I was like, the amount of diversity that UNFD has and their openness to just be like, hey, bruh, we signed you because you are you and y'all are doing what y'all do. We can't tell you how to do it. So just do it. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's what I was saying earlier about like, you guys be you. We'll figure out how to support you. Many yeah. labels, it's the reverse of here's the tools that we have. You figure out how to use those tools. Facts. Facts. No, UNFD is you do you. We'll make the tool that you need Facts. to do social or to do this or whatever. Like before we even signed, the first thing they did was let's dive into the rap scene. Let's dive into that side of things and let's figure out 
where we can do, where we can work in that era. Cause they were like, we know we got the metal covered. They were like, so let's focus on the yeah. new dynamic that's been added in and let's build them up the right way and not just throw them to the wolves of the metal industry and being like, here y'all go. <laughs> yeah. But like one of the bands as I'm, you know, looking through their roster again, I honestly kind of forgot he was on UNFD. Phase one, I think, would fit yeah. in with you guys really well on like oh yeah, that that genre blending of being able to just say, I understand that metal is supposed to be this, pop punk is supposed to be this, whatever. And he goes, Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Here's some 808s. Here's here's a fucking <laughs> synth that doesn't belong, but it sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. So we doing it, bro. That's that's the best phrase. I feel like that phrase needs to get thrown around in studios more of just Hey, it sounds cool. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For doesn't sure. mean it doesn't matter if it's right. <laughs> but, and, and who's to say what's right? Like, I mean, sure you have your, your old school, like you have Rick Rubin who obviously can write a fucking <laughs> top 40 hit, right? Like the motherfuckers <laughs> have been doing it for 60 years. You have like Neil Avron over in the pop punk scene, you know, he's going to write a banger, you know? it, Yeah. But like, just you know, Will Putney's gonna put out a top tier metal record every yeah. time. <laughs> and like, even though these guys have their structure, like that doesn't mean it's the only way it can be done. And I think the funny thing is, I use them as that example, but they're bad examples of it because they understand that about themselves. I was about to say too, because they're know. literally the ones who are like, "Hey, let's let's just fuck up the game real yeah. quick and let's just." pushed it a little more <laughs> yeah it, it's nuts like i don't know why he's been getting the more notoriety lately or more uh like social media posts about him but rick rubin has done a lot more interviews lately and like, oh, yeah. he's, i mean obviously he's not being 100 percent honest but he says that he doesn't know how to play any instruments things like that and it's like this motherfucker's a mad scientist is what it is <laughs> and, <laughs> It's not that he doesn't know. Yeah, it's not that he doesn't know how to play all of them. He knows how to play all of them good enough to get the idea across, and then it's up to the artist to just be a pro and take. Yeah, like, hey, now's your turn to be the artist, and I just, I'm just your producer. I'm just a damn good one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. Um, so kind of as we we transition to the end here, um, let's talk a little bit about. The album's going to be dropping. You guys are playing a few shows locally. I don't have the dates in front of me, but you're you're planning some shows and things like that, right? Yes, indeed. We uh we got a couple shows. Our first time going out of state. We uh we did our you know two Nola shows this year, and we did do a Lafayette show. But we figured now you know we keep getting a lot of requests to leave and go do some stuff out of state. So. Now we're kind of focusing on just hitting other states right now. And we got a couple on the board. We actually uh, drop it in the next week or week and a half. Sweet. Um, Obviously, don't get in trouble with the label by telling me now. It's fine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I honestly don't think they would care, but we we ain't going to go down that road. So um, the other thing I'd like to do. So like I said, I've been doing this a long time. I like to kind of mix it up. I refuse to sit down and think of better closing questions or transition questions. So I bought this game called Hot Takes. 
And it's just like <laughs> fucking opinions that we're going to see if you agree, disagree, and why on some of them. Let, let's do it. <laughs> uh, the first one is that McDonald's is better than Burger King. All right, man. So this is, dude, this is crazy. This is actually like a conversation me and my girl like just had because I am like, let's be honest. McDonald's fries are indeed top tier, but. But their Burger burgers King, are shit. You know what I mean? Like Burger King's burgers be smacking every time they got a little veggie patty now. Yeah. I'm like, hey, bro, like they got it going on. Chicken fries. They got the big boss chicken sandwiches. And you know, it's the same price as McDonald's now. <laughs> yeah, that ain't no lie. I, I think, you know, what I've always said, especially going to all the concerts that I go to and stuff, McDonald's is obviously open late or 24 hours. Oh, yeah. It, it's great for a 2 a.m. burger. Oh, it is. But if I want to go get food, McDonald's ain't it. I'm sorry. No, no it's not it. No, like. If I'm drunk, oh yeah, McDonald's can get me. It's definitely gonna hit. But if I'm like sober-minded and making good decisions, I'm, I'm like, you know, maybe McDonald's isn't my first pick anymore. <laughs> I think that's the thing. Once you hit about 13, 14 years old, it's like, all right, I ain't getting the happy meal anymore. So there's <laughs> so no longer happiness I'm feeling. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it's insane. Uh let's go with. Just flipping through a few of them here. Uh, yeah, why not? Fuck it. Jasmine is the hottest of the Disney princesses. Oh, bruh. <laughs> Which one is Jasmine again? I like uh, Aladdin. Aladdin? Okay, yeah, she was a rider. She was a rider, dog. Her and Mulan, you know what I'm saying? I always... Hmm. So I guess I'll have to I guess I'll have to backtrack. I'll have to say Mulan's number one. Yeah. If if we're being honest, she she was like ride or die, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. I think that's like Jasmine's cool. Don't get me wrong. She's hot, whatever. Like, but if you needed something, like, and she stood up for for herself and oh, Aladdin she did. in the movie. Yeah. But Mulan went straight. She I will fucking with murder that people. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, judo kicking anybody that's messing with you <laughs> it, yeah she ain't playing no games man uh let's see let's go with mm, yeah fuck it why not ice cream is overrated yeah yeah it is it is man i i love fruits i'm like a big fruit guy so even like whenever I'm like stoned or anything like that, the first thing I'm reaching for is I'm like, bro, where is a tub of pre-cut fruit at? That's that's that to me, that's like the best sweet ever. And I'm like, if people just wouldn't imagine that it's healthy, they low-key you think it's candy. <laughs> right. Right. And I think like the other problem is with ice cream, A, virtually everybody's some form of lactose intolerant anymore anyway. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So like yeah. it's gonna fuck with you. <laughs> but like, realistically, I would, given the opportunity, I would take a great fucking piece of cake over a bowl of ice cream any fucking day. Oh, any time. Dude, cake is awesome. Cake cake is indeed awesome. If I'm, if that's the one sweet that I'm like, yeah, I'd pick out. Like, I was going to say, <laughs> nobody says no to birthday cake is all I'm saying, you know? <laughs> not, not at all, bro. I ain't gonna, and I love yellow cake with chocolate frosting. I'm a simple guy. Simple yeah. guy. Yeah, I'm down for it, man. I'm down for it. Um, so 
to kind of transition to the end now after those, obviously uh, I, I try to wrap up the same way every time. And that's basically by giving you the floor. I'll obviously link all the socials and stuff, but say whatever you want to say, you know, let's promote the album. Let's tell them where they can find you guys and interact online, all that fun shit. Yes, indeed. Appreciate you for having me on. You can follow us at, at our house band across all socials. You can look for us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you can stream music. Our new album drops November 10th. It is the craziest genre bending album that's probably ever dropped. You'll love it or you hate it, but I think y'all all <laughs> gonna love it. You know, follow us, check us out, and we definitely hope to see y'all at a show. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time, Millie. I think, like I said earlier, like the thing with you guys, especially in this space right now, is that it is that level of extreme, right? Where fuck all the rules of what this is supposed to be because we just want to do what feels and sounds right to us. And I 100%. think that that level of authenticity is something that, especially in this alternative space, is going to carry you guys into a fandom that is like, there for you, you the rider dies, right? Like, yes, look, indeed. We, we don't fuck with these three songs, but hey, I'm here for everything else. And then you're going to have the other guy that's, I'm only here for those three songs. Fuck. Uh-huh. You know, we need a bunch of Mulans in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I appreciate it. Like I said, man, I definitely think you guys are, are on the right path, especially teamed up with UNFD. I think they're going to be able to help leverage oh, yeah. you guys and put you in a, a very unique space. So I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, touring uh, ramps up next year so that i'm up in oh, indiana yeah. so you have to get kind of close to me oh but yeah i'll, uh, I'll make some drive you'll see it <laughs> yeah for sure man that's everything i've got for you so i'll let you have a, a good night uh i'm gonna go grab some dinner myself and just chill Hell yeah man appreciate you for having me on enjoy your night and uh feel free to holler at us anytime yeah absolutely man appreciate you later see ya and that was my conversation with Millie of the band Our House. Again, huge shout out to him for taking the time to have that conversation um, and being such a fun fucking conversation, right? Like, sometimes the interview thing, that's why I always tell people, like, I don't do interviews anymore um, because they're boring. So conversations are great. And just had a lot of fun talking to Millie. Uh, be sure you guys go check them out. All of their socials, as always, will be linked in the description of the podcast. So just jump over, check that out. Give them a like, share, subscribe, follow. All that free shit, because that really helps the algorithm. Go check out the new album. Um, it is out now called Gold Tooth Guru. It's out via UNFD. Um, go, you know, save it to your playlist, all that sort of shit. And just really enjoy it, because I think these guys, like I said at the beginning, are definitely in a position that they're going to really, really take off. Um, and yeah, that's everything I've got for you guys on this episode. So, still have some more coming up, some great conversations coming up. I have Azra coming up this coming week. Um, that episode will go live for you guys. I've got... A couple episodes of Musicians for Mental Health that are going to be huge. Um, 
and yeah, just really trying to plug away for the remainder of the year. So as always, I appreciate everything you guys do for me. Remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.